You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kurt Stafford and guests. Welcome again to another episode of Influential Conversations. My name is Kirk Stafford. I am the property management coach and joining me today is the always effervescent Megan Taylor from Longview Property in Glen Waverley, Mount Waverley, eastern suburbs, yeah, eastern suburbs of, uh, of Melbourne, but with a business that, what do you say, about four to four and a half thousand properties under management spans pretty much the entire Melbourne metro area and beyond. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. You're the head of property partnerships at Longview. I'm really, really deeply grateful for you giving up uh, giving up your uh, your afternoon. Welcome. And what the hell are you doing in this industry? Well, I love it to be honest with you, Kirk. It's um, something that I'm. Um, my dad was a real estate agent for a very long time. He was in sales, mm-hmm. and it was something that my mum suggested I try when I was made redundant from my um, my uh, from a job that I was in. I used to work at Optus and mum said just, you know, why don't you try real estate? And I just said to mum, I don't want to work seven days a week. She said, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you should give it a shot. Yep. And mum was right and I just fell in love with it in the first week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I just really enjoyed meeting lots of different people. I really enjoyed going through different properties and, yeah, just it was it just fit like a – perfectly sized club from the first day that I started yeah. it. So I loved it. Fantastic. So it was, wasn't, I mean, look, and I think a lot of people, I haven't met anyone yet in, in, in this series of podcasts that has said, oh, no, I wanted, I've been wanting to do this since I was in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it as a, as a career choice while they were going through school. In fact, I don't even think it was talked about. Property management was not something that people talked about as a, as a career choice. I think most of us came to it a little bit less intentionally. I know that I'm a, I'm a refugee from sales. I did six or seven years selling properties and then realised that I was far better as a property manager than I was as a salesperson. What was, what was your career path? Did you start in sales or was it straight into PM? Where did, where did you actually start the career? I know you said you started with your dad. Well, no, I actually didn't start with my dad um, because wow. I wanted to try something new and not work straight with my dad because I was only 20 when I started. So mm-hmm. I got a job as a receptionist and that was lots of fun, actually. And that was back before we had like Google Maps and everything. So people would come into the office and ask where properties were. So you got out the malways. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like where they needed to go. So that was really good fun, actually. But I was only in reception yep. for about six months and went mm-hmm. into an assistant property manager role. Again, that was another six-month role, and then I went straight into a portfolio of about 250 properties that yep. looked after the the north of Melbourne, so Brunswick, Preston, Northgate, all those wonderful areas. So, oh, okay, yeah, the the areas now that have really the hipster belt, and it wasn't back then. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I cut my teeth in Frankston, obviously. Oh. <laughs> and, and again, that's another area that's changed. I think we've. We, we've we've found that over time that with the the evolution of our society, I guess the Melbourne Metro is a, is a maturing area. The areas that were originally the low budget areas are certainly not those now, and the the personality is the same. But gee, I tell you what, like you said, you know, we we meet all types in this industry, don't we? Oh God, it, but that's the best fun about it. I mean, some of my most fun stories 
were from the people that I got to meet along the way. Um, you know, great relationships with tradies. You know, it was it was really good fun years. And even and I think it was it was definitely easier back then. Just everything was more simple, and yeah, it was definitely easier back then yeah. than what it is today. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, look. I- couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you, you mentioned the Melways before, the old street directories. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, gee, there's, there's a blast. Can you explain I what that is to the young people? What well, I, I think we need to. It was a hard copy version of Google Maps and it was updated annually. <laughs> oh, my God. The good days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But this whole thing, mobile phones were really only just becoming a thing then. Oh, I remember, yeah. I reckon, I think I got my first mobile phone in the early 90s. And it was car mounted, oh, and yes, it was it was horrendously expensive to, to to make a call on. So you didn't you didn't make calls on it. And the other thing is nobody would call you because it was just as expensive from a landline to call a mobile. Now yeah. on plans and nothing else matters. But our technology now, I think, far from making our lives easier, it's actually created other levels of expectation. 100%. I mean, you said before, you know, we, we, and I was the same as you. I, I'm. I think I managed about 320 properties end to end before I got an assistant. Yeah, and that was, totally. That was, yeah, you know, people just, oh, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. No, it's no big deal. Um, but in those days also we had regulated commissions. Mm. So I, I well, can go back before 1997. Right. Oh, God, I don't remember <laughs> that. But I remember we were just, but it was so different because you really, you took a couple of photos for a condition report, mm-hmm. you know, routine inspection was written, like half the time it was actually handwritten. If you typed it up, it was oh, that was very fancy. That, that was um, special yeah. clients. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was so different back then. When I think back on it now, some of the stuff that happened, like if that was to happen today, it would be VCAT, it would be compensation. It was, yep. you know, back then I was like, oh, okay, no worries, I'm good. Yep. You know, that's it, right. It was, We'd be, you know, th- those are the days when we used to hand out keys for a twenty or a fifty dollar key deposit. We did. I remember I that? About that yeah. The other day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I was I was one of the first that started the, the the personal inspections because I thought well there's a risk there and I, and what I was doing then was open for inspections so that just that, that was the very very start of it. Gosh, see, I really yeah. enjoyed open for inspections because I love talking with people, and mm. I felt that I could you know sell the property better when I actually attended, and so it definitely was something that I enjoyed doing on my Saturdays during the open mm. runs was was it was fun really yeah. so. I get that, yeah. but it's good that you did that because, as it turns out, it was a security risk. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And and look, I think we're very fortunate that <clears throat> nothing bad that we know of happened. But then you just don't know because people would could have gone to Bunnings, got a key cut for two dollars each, and gone in and rolled the place, or just moved in. And that was so, the thing. Like, yeah. surprising, it didn't happen more. Um, you know, there was a lot of weird, dodgy stuff that did happen back those days, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's surprising that it didn't actually happen more because it was certainly the opportunity for it. So yeah, 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 that's right. And I and I remember the software programs we had back then were just archaic compared to what they were now, what they are now. And and we had none of the support that we have in terms of of additional platforms. But I'm interested. Just tell me the, the long view model. I mean, you are very very heavily based with technology, from what I understand. Mm. You know, running. Four and a half odd thousand properties. You've got to be, and you've got to be at the the, the front end of it. Now, I know Evan is 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 really really strong on that. But what does the model actually look like that from a from maybe say an outsider's point of view, someone who's 
uh, a PM looking at it from from a distance, what what would they see? I think the way that we have our program, well, the way that we've got our property management team set up is it very it's very much um, I guess aspirational. We can see your career through Longview. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from someone who perhaps, even if it was a someone who's never been in property management, they can 100% start their career here at Longview. And then through the, the steps that we have in place with our, with our team setup, can really move into various roles within property management, but then finish up as a team leader, you know, in, in, in the future as well. So mm-hmm. our focus was created, well, I guess where Longview was created was because Evan, in his personal experience, found there was a lack of detailed analysis of how his portfolio was going. Um, and he mm. found that there was, you know, CMA done, and but not much else was really considered in the management of a property. So he, you know, wasn't a property manager at all, but decided to consult those who were well-respected within the industry and said, well, you know, how do you do it and how can we do it better? And, yes, technology is a, is definitely a backbone of what we have here. We've been paperless for forever. So mm. when everyone got sent home during COVID, that wasn't a problem for us because that was just, you know, another day. Yeah. Not the COVID stuff, but certainly going yeah. paperless was not a problem. Um, so That's right. When, you, when, you've already, when you're already accustomed to it, um, yeah. working exactly. remote is not an issue. Yeah. It wasn't at all. We were able to do it very quickly. But I think for us, it's very much a big focus on data analytics and mm-hmm. how you look at the data. So, you know, sometimes people have access to one or two different platforms to look at the market, what's leasing, how quickly it's leasing. Um, we've got access to four or five and we've also created our own um, that analyzes the market and gives people some really great insights as to how their property is performing. We look at capital annualized growth rates. We look at a lot of these different things. So it's more the analysis on how a property is going and try to really get into the detail, which is where we're a little bit different. And that's really just for those um, investor clients that love all of that detail and want a different point of view as to how and to see the evidence base as to why we're making certain recommendations um, as to how their portfolio is going. With the property management side of things, we just really try and have as much support as possible so that our property managers can focus on client service. And we really try and make our client service the same great experience for tenants and great experience for landlords. Um, And we measure that again with data. Uh, We do very regular NPS surveys on our clients just to make sure that we don't have a discrepancy between our tenant and our land and landlord NPS. We yep. really want everyone to feel um, that they're getting a great level of service and it's a very respectful relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's right. It's something that I think anyone who's been in the industry for some time will will be very aware of, and that is that you can't differentiate between service deliveries. You, know, you the, 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 the landlord and the tenant experience have to be pretty much in balance with each other because they're both parts of the equation. They're not siloed from each other. And I use that term quite a bit because you you can't have one without the other. You can't have a landlord without a tenant. The other side of that is, in particularly in the current line, uh, you can't have a tenant without a landlord. Mm. So you've, you've got to be really, really mindful that both are getting a good experience. And it just, just so that and I think most people probably would, but anyone who's listening who doesn't understand what an NPS is, it's a net promoter score and it's a it's a basically it's a survey tool. So you can actually track how well you are doing with your service delivery. That's probably the easiest and the simplest way. Anybody who wants to look at it, if you just Google net promoter score, you'll be able to find 
a whole lot of information about them as well. And I, I actually, I, I tune into a lot of Evan's stuff and I read a lot of his papers and, and the stuff that he put out sorry, about a month and a half or two months ago with Pexer, I think, was a really, really insightful. Yeah, 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 it was really right. fascinating. We, and we were a huge part of that service, um, that research into mm -hmm. the experience for property managers but also for tenants and landlords and why, you know, ultimately he they came to the conclusion that the system isn't a system that works well um, yep. and that's where I think a lot of property managers, they probably know that but can't really see why the system doesn't work as well as it should um, mm -hmm. and why we're the meat in the sandwich um, of a frustrated sandwich. So yeah, yep. from both. Yeah, it is a it is a frustration sandwich, isn't it? And we're we're really we're really caught right in the middle of it. And we're, it's because we're you know we're, we're trying to balance out, and it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. We're trying to balance out two competing sets of wants and needs because both sides will have a different view of the way that something should be handled, whatever it is. Particularly when it comes to things like like maintenance, can be security of the property as well in terms of the, the length of the lease and those sorts of things. So we try to sort of to get to get both right. And it's it's always a bit of a high wire act. Because it's we're really it, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that's the hard thing is when you've done this job, especially for such a long time, you forget to go into the detail as to how you've come to your recommendation with clients. And mm -hmm. that's what I always try and explain to the team is when you're talking to your clients, you need to explain how you got to this recommendation or why you're telling them this is what we need to do. Because even though you can see 15 steps ahead of anybody else, you need to be able to explain why that is. And I think that's where a lot of property managers, they forget that they've got all of this amazing knowledge and experience, but they forget to share those steps with their clients. Mm -hmm. And that can actually avoid a lot of that frustration if you just take some time to say, this is the situation this is how I've dealt with it in the past. This is how I've also badly dealt with it in the past. And this is how I can yep. help you avoid this. But right. people are so wanting to quickly get things sorted and dealt with, they don't make time to explain the reasons mm -hmm. why they're recommending something. And then as a result, it actually takes three times as long and they're dealing with frustrated people. That's so right. it is yeah. really yeah. tricky. Because, yeah, because we, we're basically giving them the, the solution without explaining the steps beforehand. And I, in, in <clears throat> pardon me, in a session that I run a few times now uh, to do with negotiation and also managing difficult conversations, I actually step them through the process of say, well, you know, this is what's happened, this is what we've done, this is why we've done it, and this is the effect that it's had on you. And I've got a little formula that I use with that. But it's it's interesting that if you take that extra minute and a half or maybe two minutes on the phone or a little bit more information in an email, which I really prefer to be on the phone. Um, but if you if you just use that little bit more time and care and attention to to step them through the why the what suddenly isn't so important because you've actually given them the you, know, you you've actually given them the solution you want for them to to give back to you absolutely and it's so you know getting on the phone as much as you can is such a uh, so important and it's really hard because a lot of people these days are just wanting the answer so quickly and so it's mm -hmm. text it's email but again it I often find that you're then five or six or seven or eight emails down which probably could have been a two-minute conversation and yep, that's it's, right. yeah it's really yep. frustrating. like just pick up the phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that. Let's, let's not have call reluctance around this because it's not a good thing. But it is because we, you know, we 
we almost end up in an email debate rather than, as you said, it could go for, for seven or eight emails rather than a two or three-minute conversation, and it's done. It's dealt with. You've got the solution. And then you can confirm it by email. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be that you go back and forth and back and forth. Okay, yes, some people don't want to do that, and that's their style. So you've yeah. got to lay it out. You almost need a, 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 a template for that sort of conversation. So you do the same thing. You say, you know, this is the occurrence, this is what we've done, this is why we've done it, and this is the effect for you so that it's all sort of really laid out. But it's it's getting it to that point where you, know, you, you get the agreement. But it's, it's one of those things that I think that, also, we, we tend to be very busy in our lives and we say, no, no, I haven't got time. I know it's the property manager or that's just going to cost me money. Mm. And that's the thing. I got taught that really early on because I picked up the phone and, and rang a client. This is this is in the days pre-email, you know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> you, you, oh, you do remember? Oh, whew, good. Okay, I'm not the only one. Um, yeah. but, but I remember, you know, phoned to a client and he had three properties and he said, okay, Kirk, you know, hello, Kirk, how much is it this time? Mm. And I thought, well, that's interesting because that means that every conversation I've had with this guy has been a money conversation. Mm-hmm. Now they can avoid those money conversations by just saying, I only want to be communicated with by email. Yeah. But there are times that we do need to pick up the phone. I've, I've got a rule that also that I use in my difficult conversations where I just say, look, you know, after this many messages, it's no longer a text or an email. It's a phone call, and it's got to be that way to resolve. It's it's obviously gone too far, and you just need to nip it in the bud because it takes you three to four to five times longer to compose an email Absolutely. than I have a phone call. I think there's also an element of, especially people who you know perhaps haven't been in property management that long, but are concerned that they won't know the answer, or are concerned that they might say the wrong thing and then be mm-hmm. held accountable. But again, yep. that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, if you get it wrong, you find out you're wrong, you pick up the phone again, hey, I've just actually realised I was wrong, yep. and you explain it again. I think mm-hmm. there's such a fear of giving the wrong information that people would send an email because that feels safer, whereas I think a conversation just there's so much more relatability. And if you do make a mistake, again, you can so easily yep. reverse it. But right. I was... You know, years and years ago, I always tell this story to my team about one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was over an email. And a tenant had emailed me to say, hi, Megan, uh, my tap's broken. Can you get it fixed? Um, Blah, 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 blah. And at the end of it, a very quick one sentence that just said, I won't be renewing my lease at the end of the year. No problem. So I got the whole thing. Happen, and so I got the tap fixed, no problem. I wrote him an email three months later. Hi, your lease is coming up for a renewal. Would you like to renew your lease? He didn't write back. And a month later, hi, I haven't heard from you. Another email, again, no reply. Day of lease expires, comes into the office, drops off his keys. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, you haven't given me notice. He goes, I did. I gave it to you six months ago. And when I was talking to my dad, real estate agent at the time, and I told him, I said, this tenant, blah, 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 blah. He goes, okay, man, <laughs> um, how many times did you pick up the phone and ask him why he didn't respond to your emails? Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, I didn't, mm-hmm. Dad. I didn't? He goes, yeah. Maybe you should have picked up the phone. And it's it's so true and it was so simple because if I called up that tenant and said, how come you haven't responded to my email, he would have said, I've already given you notice. Yeah, and I, right. have- I told you a month ago. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I, it's, it's interesting because, and I was taught this by a guy called Tony Warren, who was the, the property management guru of Melbourne in the 80s and the 90s. And Tony's still around. And, Tony, if you do hear this, I hope you're well. Uh, I know you've had some health struggles, but I hope you're, you're, you're coming through them. 
Um, but he related a very similar story about tuning into conversations because you could have that same conversation that you've just had by email or that, that first email about the tap, and then during that the, 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 your tenant says, oh, and by the way, I'm not going to be renewing the lease, I'm going to shift. But if you're not paying attention to the conversation, if you're if you're sort of managing other emails or you're tuning into something else and, and not giving that your full attention, you might miss that yeah. again. So you're you're not you need to be in where you are. You need to be present in whatever the conversation is. There's no point sort of looking around. And, and I, I make a habit now of turning my emails off during the day if I'm working on something, if I'm you know, sort of writing a, uh, a, a, a thought piece or I'm writing a session piece or something along those lines, I'll switch off Outlook so that I'm not having that, that constant reminder coming up. And it's something that I do with my time management stuff when I'm talking to people is turn it off. You don't need to be on your inbox all day. You don't need to be on your phone all day. Just be present and listen. It saves so much more time. And it's one of those things, like with my team, we used to do what's called an hour of power. And I used to say, okay, turn off all your notifications, turn off everything. This is all you're going to do. Just focus on that task and you'll see how much more effective you can be. And, you know, I used to try and multitask all the time and all I did was a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of tasks badly. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And, and I've heard I've heard that used as a quote too. Multitasking is the way that you do that. Yeah. yeah. You do a whole lot of stuff at the one time all very badly. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, no, it's definitely much more effective to do things that way. And just to give someone your time, you can tell when someone is distracted or not when they're having a conversation with you. And mm-hmm. nothing worse than having a conversation with a person and all you can hear is click, 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 click in the background. Um, I yep. think those silent keyboards are, are death. You know, they should not be invented. They should just, they should keep people from typing on their computers. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because I think, it, and, and, and I remember, it's, it's appropriate, actually, given that we're in grand final week. I remember there was a quote from a guy called Jack Dyer, uh, who was a, a coach in the, the nine. I think he played for Richmond. He was the captain coach of Richmond in the 50s. Uh, and and his, his quote was, be where the ball is. Yeah. So, you know, that, so it's, you know, that, it's that whole thing of wherever you are, be there. It's not just sort of give it lip service, be part of that that activity, whatever it is, whether it's a conversation, whether you're you're doing tasks or whatever it is, concentrate on that one thing. Don't get uh, don't get distracted from it. Absolutely. I couldn't yeah. agree. Hey, what have you this is probably gonna sound uh, a funny question. What have you found your challenges? I know you said you 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 love people and that's that's the really part, the really good part of the job. I'm guessing I know the answer to the question here. What are your challenges? What have you found has particularly challenged you over the last few years? I think for me, what's been the biggest it's hard to put it down. I think the biggest challenges have been it sounds silly, but I think a lot of the legislative changes that have come mm-hmm. in have actually really gotten in the way of creating great relationships with people. I feel like, you know, this whole box ticking um, that is happening has really taken away from the relationships that I used to have with my clients when I was doing the day-to-day property management. And Mm -hmm. now it's all about everyone is so scared of making a mistake and the legality of everything that we're doing is making this such a cold transactional relationship. When I used to, you know, with property management, I used to sit in the front window my clients would walk past, we'd wave, you know, we had a, I used to help give them advice as to what good schools were to go to. You know, I was part of helping my clients, you know, with their children and their families and where to live and what they needed. And 
now mm. it's just it's you know making sure oh god i haven't completed the disclosure statement oh i don't want to complete the disclosure statement because what if i get that wrong and it's yep. just it's become everything is being taken away from that relationship that we used to have with our clients mm-hmm. and i understand the purpose behind the changes and i'd love you actually said this once and i it sits so beautifully in my head so thank you for this kirk you said the residential rental provider, the change of that name is to remind the owner that they are providing residential home for a person. And I just, that mm. is so true. And I never thought about it that way before. So thank you for that. But yeah. um, <laughs> but I think I, it's... Um, I think I've said it. But I'll, I'll claim it. <laughs> but it was so true because it made me remember that that's, that's exactly what they're doing. Mm. But it's yeah. all the other things that have come in the way. I think they're just... I know that they're important, but I feel like they've taken away from what used to be a service providing industry. So now it's become so litigious that it's taken away mm-hmm. the humanity of it. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I actually, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. We we've lost that humanity because of the 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 intense regulatory environment that we're in now. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to get political about it because I think we've all got a particular view on it. But you know, if, if we'd have just been let to run its course, I think it probably would have had a different outcome. In a lot of cases, it would have been completely different, and we, we wouldn't be in this almost combative environment anymore. Mm. No, and that's I think that's where it is. I mean. <sighs> I mean, it, it's so interesting with regards to how, I mean, I remember when I took over a portfolio, it was in Elwood, and, God, that learning curve for me was like this. It was straight up. As soon as a tenant didn't have a, a working hot plate, I want compensation. I was like, oh, God, oh, wait, what, what yeah. for? You know, mm-hmm. you've got three other ones. But it just became this whole response, you know, cause, effect, cause, and it was, and I remember it was such a shock to the system that then I became really afraid. It became fear. Oh my god! Yep. I can't get it fixed in time. They're going to ask for compensation. Then I have to explain to the owner, and then the owner's going to blame me, and then the tenant's going to hate me. And that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. it was a real. It's a real shame that that's what it's come. But yep. I still do try, and every time there is, you know, there's always a legal answer to everything that happens. But I always try and at least have a conversation with the person first, mm-hmm. and just and come to a solution or an answer as humans rather than trying to constantly say that's what the law says, that's what the legislation says. That's right. Yep, absolutely agree with you. I remember, when, and because I'm not on the tools at the moment, mm. I remember years ago I'd be saying to, to both the landlord and the tenant when I onboarded them, here's a copy of the Residential Tenancies Act. You see how thick it is. Here's your lease. Here's the condition report. Here's the, remember the, the little red book, the Statement of Rights and Duties we used to be able to or used to have to hand out from Consumer Affairs. I used to turn around and say, you can stick all those in the bottom drawer in the kitchen and leave them there until you move out if we all do two things, and that's play fair and use some common sense mm. because we're all in this together. Mm. I used to use that as that was basically that was my induction. That was my onboarding, with particularly with tenants. Yeah. So I wanted them to come to me if there was ever going to be an issue rather than have hand-to-hand combat about it. I'd prefer to have a conversation. Couldn't agree more. And I, that's such a good idea because... I think that's great to do that in the induction as well, just to really say to people, we're just in this, I'm a human being, you're a human being, let's try and work this out together. And Mm. I think that's a great way to start off for, you know, that relationship because it just feels so, that's what, 
like, yeah, computer says no. <laughs> it says <laughs> the answer for so many things these days. And yep, like just, that's right. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I feel like such because, an old lady, though, with me talking to you, going, just pick up the phone and forget the, just do this. Remember but, the good old days. Yeah, but but Megan, no, you, you, I, I, and I think we both have that same ethos that the way to solve a problem is to have a conversation, not not to engage in you know sort of breach notices and compensation claims and what have you. It's to actually have a conversation and say, okay, well, what's our path through this? How do we get a res- resolution that suits all sides? That's that's not that's not being an old old man or an old woman. That's just being pragmatic and it's being human, really. Because at the end of the day, we are humans. We're social creatures. We 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 thrive on interaction. We 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 need human contact, and human contact isn't provided by Gmail or Outlook. Absolutely. And if anything, it can really how a person is feeling, and we all know this: how a person is feeling can directly mm-hmm. impact the way that they interpret your email. And every time I used to make it a rule, and I still do, that as soon as I'm sure that someone has misinterpreted an email of mine, I pick up the phone straight away and have a conversation because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've so many times a person has come back to me saying, you know, you don't need to be condescending or anything. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just trying to explain the steps. But yep. I then pick up the phone and say, I just want you to know I'm not being condescending. I'm really just trying mm-hmm. to explain things to you. And they go, oh, okay, well, everyone, it all works yeah. out fine. Yeah. But- Everybody takes a breath all of a sudden, yeah. Absolutely. But this is the whole thing. you know. I, I, and I still have it from time to time now. And I, I, I know that I, I get a lot from property managers when they ring me for advice. They say, I, I, you know, I've just had this, this, this you know, really bad email back from a, from a landlord or a tenant saying, well, I didn't like the tone in your email. I'm going, well, emails don't have a tone. They're, they're, they're a bunch of dots on a screen, really, when it's all said and done. That's all they are. They don't have tone of voice. They don't have high and low. There's no pitch. There's no modulation. It's just words. And, but, but you people, can spend yeah. so much time trying to create tone in an email as well. Mm. You know, hello, hope your day's going well. You know, now there's emojis. I mean. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yep. I love it. But, yes. Yeah, and, but and there is <laughs> I know. I never know. I never know. I feel like I overuse the smiley emoji sometimes. But, yeah. uh, I think, yeah, look, we, we all, I think we all do because we're, we're trying to in, in, in instill that, as you said, that tone of voice. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just really, it's not something that's, that's, that, that's that easy because again, you know, somebody will look at that and go, you're just trying to be sly about this or, you know, I'm not really in that good a mood and I really don't want to read your email. So I'm going to read it. And it's always read with their frame of mind, not the frame of mind that we were in when we sent it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's it's so hard because property managers get such a hard rap sometimes. I mean, you tell anyone, I'm in property management, oh, that's a tough job. (laughs) No, it's not, actually. I mean, yes, it it can have challenges, but tell me a job that doesn't have challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, I always try and explain to people all the positives that are in this job and how many, you know, woohoo moments you get in a day. I mean, it's it's a great job and I would never do anything else ever. Mm -hmm. It's just I love it so much and I think it it just gets a bad rap. But then it it gets a bad rap because, you know, it's it's always seen as being this confrontational combative role where, you know, we're always being, we're always seen that we're on the, on the landlord side, which, uh, which is a hangover from feudal days when you use the term landlord. And again, you know, you go back to things like residential rental provider. And I understand why they wanted to try and get away from that landlord 
tag because they want to try to diffuse, and it's only my sort of theorising about, they want to diffuse that combative relationship of the landlord being the one who sort of trots through the fields on his big white horse looking down on all the pleb tenants. And we've, we've got to get away from that as a message. It's so true. But do you know what's really funny? That as soon as you call a landlord to talk to them about something, they then think you're on the tenant side. Oh, yeah. So everyone thinks you're on their other their side, which actually you are. You're the person trying to explain each person's point of view to come to an agreement in the middle. So you actually are on everybody's side. But, you know, who, who's on the property manager's side? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the ones buttering that frustration sandwich, you see. And then putting ourselves in there as the filling. Yeah, that's terrific. Well done. (laughs) How do we get here? (laughs) So tell me, and look, we're starting to to, to run up out out of a bit of time here, but when you find yourself getting challenged internally, where do you go? What do you what do you do to overcome that? Because and we all go through it. We all get spots in our in our, our working lives which which aren't great, where we've had a bad situation occur, or we're just not feeling great. What do you do to pull yourself out of that to try to get some recovery time? A few things. Um, I'm very lucky that I have a beautiful husband um, mm-hmm. and family around me that I can talk to. Um, I do boxing, which yeah. is awesome for stress relief highly recommend it for anybody and I try and get away but sometimes I just need to remind myself of while I'm in this and I will listen to podcasts um, Mm -hmm. and people in property management to remind myself of why I love this job and always just trying to I need to challenge myself I can't be static I need to find new ways and new ways of trying to delight and excite people about what we're doing in property management. So I'll listen to um, or read some great books. But yep. generally for me, it's when I feel, and, you know, this has happened recently, Kirk, that I feel myself plateauing. I feel myself not getting excited that I'll take a couple of days off work because I know it's important that I do that and I'll I'll escape with my family and read some books that are, mm-hmm. you know, escapey mm-hmm. books and yep. it just helps reset me and that's mm-hmm. really so because boxing only does so much and sometimes it just needs to rest and I find that I'm taking more and more a day or two off here and there and that just mm-hmm. helps re-energize me so yeah and I don't think people can uh, any of us can underestimate the power of that break and I, I, I try to do the same thing and get away pretty frequently mm. uh, even if, if it's just a weekend just yeah. to, to nick off down the coast or out in the country or whatever it's it's important that you 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 have those circuit breakers so yeah that's that's a that's a really good tip for our listeners if they're if they're listening in just yeah, and it, it really doesn't even have to be that it can just be sitting at home without the phone on yeah that is such an important thing again you know during all those lockdowns when all everything on the news was doom and gloom mm-hmm. we used to turn the tv off put on some music and just dance around the house and yep. that is if you can feel the turn off all the negative people on your social media, just block mm-hmm. them. They don't want to know. Turn off all the negative Nancys. Don't watch the news or anything like that. You can really control what you surround yourself with. And I really try and surround all of my, like my TikTok, my daughter says my TikTok is old lady TikTok. But it's cooking. <laughs> yep. It's cooking and it's Grey's Anatomy. That's my entire TikTok. And that's fine wow. for me. That's my escape. So there we go. I, but I don't even have TikTok. Oh, I did it. Just I've got to, figure <laughs> it. I've got to be up to the times. <laughs> oh, yeah, hang on for it. Listen, I've got 
Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got two Facebook accounts, I've got the business and the personal one, I've got LinkedIn, I've got WhatsApp, I've got, and I'm just going, ah, my head's going to explode. And that's yes. that's just, now I'm looking, and, I, and I'm trying to get my head around AI, and I'm thinking, oh, my head really is just about to blow out. I'm just, just there's just so much that's going on. TikTok, I'm thinking, yeah, that's for that's for someone else to worry about. If I if I want TikTok, I'll talk to my daughter and she can set me up. <laughs> Absolutely. For me, it's just simple. It's good recipes. I like to. It's, yep. That's my um my Sunday cooking inspiration. So there. We go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the last meal you cooked? What was what was the last really good meal you cooked? There you go. There's there's a final question for you. Oh, okay. Um, well, I've actually started going down that the whole French cuisine, and Ooh. so I made this incredible bake with potatoes and, and chicken and oh it was just amazing shallots it was definitely not for those of us on a diet um it's mm-hmm. definitely if you want to indulge in the carbs in the fats in the chickens in everything it was just mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. great okay so I'm, I'm 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 getting here that dinner this sunday's at your place just let me know what time absolutely just bring a <laughs> bottle of wine and you're in the door <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, Megan, I have to say this has been a great chat. I, I, I'm looking at the time and I'm very conscious and I'm very uh, thankful for you for uh, for putting so much into this. I, I think this is a really good place to leave it with, with, with French cuisine and the bottle of wine. I think that's fantastic. Megan Taylor, Head of Property Partnerships at Longview, thank you so very much for your time and uh, I look forward to uh, catching up with you again very, very soon. Thank you so much, Kirk. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties and Agent Dynamics, the Australian market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.